I'm Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. So I love getting these letters from the listeners. They raise excellent questions, and I always enjoy answering them, and I know that it helps to uh, protect you, the listener, which is my goal here. I want to make sure you know what the laws are so that you don't become a victim of New Jersey gun laws, and man... They are victimizing people left and right. May get into that later about some of the latest. But I have a letter here, and this is from uh, Tuan, and he says regarding Governor Murphy's sweeping gun safety package. It says Evan, could you talk more about ammo regulation in general under A thirteen o two? Thanks for everything. Regards, Tuan. Well, I am happy to do that, Tuan, because ammunition regulation is uh, important here in our right to keep and bear arms, and uh, it's one thing to be able to have guns, but they're not much use if you can't have ammunition. So the antis have not limited their focus to simply regulating guns. They have, uh, of course taken on ammunition and tried to do their dirty work on ammo as well. Now in New Jersey, just generally speaking about ammunition, there is certain ammunition that is prohibited and then given exemption. So we've talked about it before, how hollow nose, hollow point ammunition uh, is regulated and how it's legal but narrowly legal. So you can go from place of purchase to your home. You can have it in your home. You can have it at the target range and going between those places. But if you have it outside of that, also while hunting is okay, but outside of that, then you're looking at unlawful possession of hollow nose and it's fourth degree felony level offense looking at 18 months in state's prison per bullet. So it can be a bit tricky. So you want to stay narrowly within exemptions on hollow nose. There's also a prohibition on armor-piercing ammunition, but the definition of armor-piercing is in conformance with the federal definition now. And essentially, I really don't ever see... I've yet to get, out of 35 years of practicing gun law in New Jersey, I have yet to actually have a legitimate charge or case of someone possessing actual armor-piercing ammunition. Because it has to be primarily for handgun, and armor-piercing ammo for handgun has been federally regulated. Our law mirrors the federal reg. It's it, You'd have to have some just some of that super rare uh, like KTW Teflon coated stuff from way back that you just happened to buy before the feds changed their own laws on it. I mean, just haven't encountered it. So uh, I'm sure it's out there, but good grief. You'd think the way the antis play up armor piercing that every every uh, handgun contains it that any bad guy ever possessed, but it's actually pretty rare. So on armor piercing and on hollow nose, that's law essentially 
you didn't, you're banned from possessing armor piercing. You're not completely banned from hollow-nose. There's also regulation regarding incendiary ammunition. And in New Jersey, it's lawful to possess uh, what is incendiary ammunition, ammunition, tracer ammunition, tracer rounds, but it's unlawful to use them. So if you're firing tracer ammunition, then you could be in for uh, a criminal charge on that. Now, there's certain exempted tracer ammo, tracer ammo that does not use a burning, flaming, or flaring, that type of ammo, but uh, that's out there for shotgun patterning and such. It's more of a special brightly colored or somehow otherwise illuminated uh, shot that's not done by anything using heat or fire. Uh, that's not uh, prohibited, but uh, tracer that you might find in military surplus tracer uh, that is prohibited for use. And plus, uh, even if you are wanting to shoot tracer, um, which is, again, prohibited, it's not the greatest thing for your barrel, by the way. Tracer is known to be uh, somewhat corrosive, destructive of barrel, so it's really not the best thing to be shooting anyway. Uh, but now we enter into a new dimension with ammunition other than those regulated areas that we just discussed which new jersey has been famous for particularly their hollow nose where they want to impose that we only have high penetration ammunition on the street you know so make sure it goes through the uh target to hit innocent bystanders i guess you want to make sure it's high penetration and now with carry licensing, carry licensees uh, do not have a, an exemption to have hollow-nose. There's no exemption for hollow-nose. Even if you have a carry license in Jersey, you've got to use uh, higher penetrating ammo while on the street carrying. It's about as dumb as dumb can be, but uh, New Jersey's never been at a shortage for stupidity when it comes to their gun laws. So there's another example of it. But the recent law that uh, Tuan is uh, questioning about has now been enhanced, and now what New Jersey has passed is a requirement for ammunition registration. And uh, the law here, I'll actually read you what it says in this new some sections. It says, every person engaged in the retail business of selling Leasing, boy, I didn't know we lease firearms, maybe rent, but leasing, that should be interesting. How's your lease agreement on your gun? I can just hear that. Or otherwise transferring handgun ammunition. Oh, wait a minute, this is even funnier. The retail business of selling, leasing, or otherwise transferring handgun ammunition. Does anyone out there have a lease on handgun ammunition? Have you ever done a lease on your handgun ammunition? I mean, I mean, last time I bought a box of 22s, I don't recall having to enter into a lease agreement. And what am I leasing, by the way? What, to return the spent brass? I mean, is that the lease? These people, they write this stuff. Le I mean, it's like you're not making it. Leasing handgun ammunition. Nobody does that. But why should that stop it from becoming a law? As a retail dealer or otherwise, shall keep an electronic record...
and which shall be entered. Now here's what the record says, ready? The name of the manufacturer, the date of the transaction, the type, caliber or gauge of the ammunition, the quantity of the ammunition sold, the name, address, date of birth of the purchaser, the identification used to establish the identity of the purchaser, and any other information the superintendent shall deem necessary for the proper enforcement of the chapter. And I bet when it comes to leasing ammunition, you're going to have to have a credit check, a credit background check to make sure you're qualified for that lease. Oh, boy. The electronic records shall be retained by the dealer and shall be made available at all reasonable times, actually says hours, for inspection by any law enforcement officer. And additionally, shall be electronically reported to the superintendents in accordance with this law. Then it further says, every retail dealer in the business of selling or otherwise transferring handgun ammunition shall immediately electronically report to the state police any transaction involving, now get ready for this, folks, sale, transfer, assignment, or disposition of 2,000 or more rounds of handgun ammunition and information relating to each transaction in accordance with the subsection. In other words, you purchase over 2,000 rounds of handgun ammo and the retail dealer is required to immediately report you, immediately report you, that's the word, to the state police over that transaction. So, folks, if you go to the gun shop and you buy four bricks of 22s, you're being immediately reported to the state police under this law. Keep that in mind. Then it further says that they need to establish a system in which the retail dealer shall immediately contact the state police regarding that sale transfer disposition of 2,000 more rounds, etc. It is really something. So this is uh, apparently the new way of things in New Jersey. And its requirements are placed on every manufacturer and wholesale dealer and retail dealer. And this is the new handgun ammunition registration system that New Jerseyans are going to have to live with. And by doing all this, we, the government guarantees that we will eliminate crime from the streets. There will be no more crime whatsoever. It's going to be the most incredibly effective law ever. I'm just kidding, of course. It's a waste of time, money, and effort. It will not do a damn thing about crime. Handgun ammunition, quote, registration. What in the world are they thinking? Well, they aren't thinking about actually doing something about crime. What they are thinking about is how to make it harder for you and me to acquire ammunition, how to invade our privacy when acquiring ammunition, how to create lists of individuals who have purchased ammunition 
It's those kind of things that the government will accomplish from this, but it won't have any effect on crime, and it never does. Uh, it's just focused on infringing on the Second Amendment and seeing what they can get away with and to constantly push infringement after infringement after infringement, and the fight is on. So beware about this next level when it comes to ammunition. And by the way, nothing prevents you from going across the border and buying all the ammunition you want at a gun show in Pennsylvania or from a gun dealer in Pennsylvania and bringing back your personally possessed ammunition to your home. So it is something that if there's anything going on with this, it simply is going to encourage out-of-state purchase of ammunition. Well done, New Jersey legislature. Well done. Uh, I have another interesting letter, and this one, well, I'll just read it to you. It's from Mark, and it says, Regarding rules for thee and not for me, Murphy, Evan, I look forward to your podcast every week. They're so informative and interesting. Keep them coming. I took the CCW intro today at RSTP and Union. RSTP is excellent and thorough, as well as the staff. Very friendly, informative, and professional. I heard from the instructor today that Governor Murphy has the largest private firearms collection in the state and has a room in his mansion dedicated to it with a vault door. This would make him another rules for thee and not for me hypocrite Democrat swine. Have you heard this? Is it true? If so, why is it not more publicly disseminated so we can label him as a complete hypocrite that he is? Well, I'm going to be honest. I've never heard that. I've never heard that before. I don't know whether Governor Murphy even owns a gun at all, no less whether he has one of the largest private collections in the state. Don't know. But I do know that the elitism and hypocrisy when it comes to gun ownership is out there for sure. Now, I don't know about Murphy. Couldn't tell you. But uh, I do know, and we often see issues where those that are anti-gun, those that are liberal and have espoused anti-gun positions are the ones that have guns and are the ones that make some of the largest, biggest mistakes, problems, or even intentional wrongdoings that we see taking place with firearms. We see this occur all the time. We see individuals that are publicly known for being anti-gun end up having gun problems. I mean, one that comes to mind right off is uh, Alex Baldwin. I mean, there's a guy that was as anti-gun as they come, and his gun that he was handling has killed more people than any gun I ever handled, I'll tell you that. And he's the, you know, the epitome of an anti-gunner. So the hypocrisy is out there. We know of other folks that um, are called out on this often. We see it. I mean, it's 
it's something that seems to come with the territory and elitism, a bona fide elitism. I had a friend who was an instructor down in uh, some southern states, and he, he, I remember him telling me that he actually uh, gave instruction in gun shooting to one of S Sarah Brady's, uh, I think it was kids or relatives at the time, and she was there and wanted you know, for them to learn to shoot. Isn't it great? Well, yeah, shooting is great. But it's just like astounding when you're, you know, at that time the symbol of the anti-gun movement and you're uh, having them enjoying the shooting sports. I mean, uh, but they would say, hey, there's no problem with that. There's no issue. This was high-end, you know, shotgun shooting at a fancy place. Uh, so what's the problem with that? We're not, you know, we're not talking about the peons that want to just possess firearms. Uh, we're talking about us. We're the elites here. We're, we're able to do it. So this elitism in guns, it's out there. It, it definitely is, but I, I don't know. If anyone does know whether there's any uh, documentation or statements or anything to, uh, that can confirm about Murphy even owning a gun, that would be interesting to know. But uh, there you go. Hey, when we come back, I have some other fascinating letters to talk to you about. See you in a bit. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman, tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth. Author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I am a lawyer. I am a lawyer. Hey, welcome back. And thank you for being a dedicated listener to Gun Lawyer. And uh, make sure you subscribe and tell your friends to listen and subscribe. And I really am happy about how big we've grown and how many folks are joining in with gun lawyer and listening and sending in questions and that's why i do it so i can get the word out and help us to protect ourselves here in this uh, treacherous environment for those that love the second amendment so here i have a letter from james and james says traveling with a carry license 
Hi, Evan. Thank you for your podcast. I'm a weekly listener. Can you answer my question? Assuming I have a New Jersey carry license and I want to travel to the range, suppose I have three guns listed slash allowed on my carry license. I'm traveling to the range with a newly acquired fourth gun, which is not yet on my license. Am I allowed to make a stop on the way? Does the fourth gun in my possession make any unnecessary travel deviations illegal, or does New Jersey license cover me? Now, let me just tell you right now, if you go to the to the actual licensing law, right under NJS2C584A, it says right there in the first paragraph, one permit shall be valid for all guns a person may have. So the bottom line is your license covers for all guns you may have. Now there is another section that does say that judges can issue a limited type permit for the types of guns you can carry and where you can carry them. But let me just say that part of the law was pre-Bruin. And because it's pre-Bruin decision, I don't see how a judge constitutionally can limit an individual except to sensitive places that have been fully established. And limiting, quote, the types of handguns is bizarre language. What does type mean? A type is not the same as a model. So in other words, you can only carry a revolver. You can only carry a semi-automatic pistol. I mean, what, where are we, what are we talking about types? What? You can only carry a, you know, a Webley Forsby, you know, that's a, you know, that's a, a semi-automatic revolver. Quarter. I mean, what? What are we talking about when it talks about type? It doesn't say model. It doesn't say make. It says type. So legitimately, the only true restriction even authorized by law, if it's even there, is, quote, type. And then places, and this is all regulated by Bruin, yet there's right in the statute, one permit is good for all your guns. Right there, right in the licensing statute. One permit shall be valid for whatever guns you may have. Now, even if you were charged... Let's say you have your guns, you're going to the range, but one gun, they're going to try to make some argument. Oh, that isn't on your permit. Now, other than the language itself saying that, well, it covers all guns, and other than saying, well, the, you know, the judge didn't authorize this particular one, but again, it, one permit covers all guns. What does the statute actually say that you're being charged with? Well, that's handgun possession statute. And what does it say? It says, no person shall possess any handgun unless having first obtained a permit to carry a handgun. It doesn't say a permit to carry a handgun and then it'll say, with, you know, in conformance with all restrictions that may be unreasonably placed on it by a judge. No, it doesn't say that. It just says you can't have a handgun in your possession unless you have a carry permit under 58. And guess what you have? You have a carry permit. So if you have a handgun, you have a carry permit, then the elements of the offense right there, boom, you got the permit. You're within the law, just what it says. On top of the statute that has the licensing in it that says one permit's good for all guns, the actual criminal charge says you got a gun, well, do you have a permit? Oh, well, the answer is yes. 
Well, then you're okay. Well, wait, there's still another section that talks about transportation of firearms under 39.9, NGS 2C 39.9. And what does that say? It says no person shall transport any weapon, and it talks about all the different weapons, and then it says, ah, ha, ha, but in the case of firearms, unless one is licensed pursuant to Chapter 58. Oh, licensed pursuant to 58, meaning 58.4, which is, guess what? You're a carry license, so you're exempted there, too. So the bottom line is the carry license exempts you from the criminal charge under 39.5B. It exempts you from the transport charge under a 39.9. And the license itself says one permit is good for all guns. So I really don't think you're going to get too far trying to prosecute on that. But if you're still uncomfortable and... You're going to the range. Then you know what? No one says you can't be within exemptions, too. And if you want to be within the exemptions as well, then have your guns cased, unloaded, closed and fastened case, unloaded, and you're going to the range. And you now have the exemptions that we've talked about in other shows. And you have a carry permit. So you're belt and suspenders. You're as protected as you can be. You got exemptions, you got license, you're covered. So that's another way to view it if you still have that worry or fear in that you're going to run into some officer who does not understand or know the law and you just want to be as protected as possible to deal with the amount of ignorance over the gun laws that's out there. And there sure is a lot of it. So... That is a way to handle it, without a doubt. Now, we have Omar, who asks about non-firearm weapons post-Bruin. This is an excellent, excellent question and a super important issue. Hi, Evan. I've been listening to your show for the past year. The information you provide is invaluable for any new and existing NJ firearm owner. You previously mentioned that in New Jersey, one cannot preemptively arm themselves. I believe it was introduced in case law, if I remember correctly. How does that relate to carrying non-firearm dangerous instrument, e.g. knife or large capacity OC spray, when you have a carry permit, you may be preemptively armed with a firearm? Also, lacking a carry permit, does Bruin nullify this because it recognizes self-defense outside the home, and arms aren't limited to firearms only. I would very much appreciate your thoughts on this. Well, Omar has an excellent point, and I believe that is exactly what the case is. Because prior to Bruin, New Jersey tried to preempt the Second Amendment application to preemptively arming oneself outside the home by creating the false distinction or the legally suspicious and really just shake-your-head distinction by saying that you could preemptively arm yourself for self-defense in your home, but not outside your home. Like there's some difference with our right when you're in your home versus outside your home. You know, like, 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 like when the Second Amendment, you know, was, was, was passed, 
the Patriots, uh, they all remembered that, uh, you know, the shot fired at Lexington and Concord was fired from a Patriots bedroom, right? You remember that, right? He was fired from his bedroom. He never left his home. Oh, come on. It's ridiculous. And that ridiculousness has been gutted away, cut away by Bruin, where we have a right to have our firearms and other protected means of self-defense in public. And the answer is yes, I believe it does, in fact, absolutely invalidate New Jersey's current case law distinction, which is under a case called Montalvo, which involved an individual coming to the door with a machete and the court saying that was at that point okay because you just can't go outside your home preemptively armed with a machete. Prior to that, it was Kelly that said you couldn't preemptively arm yourself anywhere, even in your home. It was the old case law. So it's basically evolved into the full recognition of our rights. Now, the New Jersey court has yet to say that Matalvo is no longer valid, like they said about Kelly. The court in New Jersey has not pronounced that you can preemptively arm yourself for self-defense outside your home. So Bruin has rewritten the rules here and has in, in expanded our right to self-defense and it plainly applies outside the home. We have to wait now for the court in New Jersey. At some point, I'm sure there'll be a case challenging it where you'll have case law in Jersey. I don't believe you want to be the test case, but I am I have a high degree of confidence as to what the Supreme Court has said and the old case law in Jersey not being able to hold up to it. Now, the other thing is, this applies to preemptively arming yourself for self-defense. But Omar says, what about a knife? Well, a knife that is carried outside the home is not necessarily carried strictly for self-defense. So if you have a utilitarian purpose for carrying your knife, then that's fine. So if you're carrying it to cut rope, open boxes, cut things at work or in your daily life, you're using it in a utilitarian way and it's a knife that is plainly appropriate for such uses as that, then you can establish that you are within the exemption for having a manifest lawful purpose for your carrying. And that was the old law. So even pre-Bruin but post-Montalvo, you could carry a knife if you had a utilitarian use for it. And there are plenty of utilitarian uses for knives. As opposed to, let's say, a taser or a stun gun uh, or other type weapons like that that essentially have only one use. The use is self-defense. I mean, why are you carrying a taser? You're not herding cattle with it. You know, move along, doggy. No, you have it for self-defense. And that was what was not permitted under the current case law 
because it was not deemed to be a manifest lawful purpose. But now, how can a court say that self-defense is not a manifest lawful purpose anymore in light of the Bruin decision? So that's really where we're going with it, and I believe that is something that we're going to see uh, case law have to address and change in Jersey. But until then, uh, you know what the law is, but you still could end up getting charged. And if you are charged, you have an excellent defense. But remember, it is New Jersey, so beware. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws don't protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens. Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.